Hey friends, this is Jesse Phillips. I'm the founder of Hill City Recording, and you are listening to the Hill City Recording Podcast. I'm here with James Colton Woo! Price. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a good one. Just, <laughs> just kidding. I mean, his first name is James, but I just found that out this year. So, uh, Colton, uh, thanks for coming on the show. I've known Colton for several years, had the opportunity to write, record, travel. Uh, it's It's been awesome getting to know you more over the last few years, too. Mm. I know on the road, you... You, sometimes you're in like survival mode so you don't get to like know people as well yeah uh, and sometimes you get to know people too well but yeah. <laughs> over the last couple of years we've gotten to know each other more he's got a publishing deal with essential music publishing and has written songs for christian stanfill church of the city and so many more uh colton since you you do writing um i'd love to start with an icebreaker question mm, okay what are your favorite uh writing room snacks oh man well I love, this is going to sound so stupid, I actually personally love chocolate-covered almonds. Yeah. Um, and I used to stock them here in the studio, but, like, nobody ate them, and I was just pounding chocolate-covered <laughs> almonds by myself. Yeah. Um, what I noticed <laughs> is, like, uh, in the creative community, what's the most gracious interpretation of this? Uh, people eat cardboard. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It seems like so. I try to stock like uh, I have lar bars over there, yeah, and Skinny yeah. Pop, and stuff like that. Um, the most popular snack, though, that does cross all party lines is uh, peanut butter pretzels. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I could I could go for a, a gallon of that right now. <laughs> Those Costco. I could go all Mayor McDuck in that bad boy. Yeah. Just like <laughs> for those of you who are too young. Yeah. The little Scrooge McDuck and his uh, yeah. his bank of money. Just oh, man. Covered in pretzels. Wow, I just dropped that on the recorder. Um, well, I feel like the writing room snacks game is strong every time I come over here. Oh, thanks, you've got man. The Nespresso, you've yeah. got like stuff that people are like, I just need something to chew on. You yeah. You've got it both uh, with food and conversation. Hey, oh, hey. <laughs> um, so most of our audience is in the music space and uh, I'd, I'd love to talk about the kinds of things that you've done musically because I feel like a lot of people would um, that are listening to this might look to what you've done mm. and want to apply some of that to their own journey. Mm. Um, so yeah, maybe like you can you can talk a little bit to that like what has it been like for you to get into music and yeah. get to the point where you are now, maybe even like your transition to Nashville and all that stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, well, how long do we have? <laughs> Usually the episodes are 25 <laughs> to 30 minutes. But okay, great. We can, we can go longer or shorter. Yeah. Um, let's see. So I started out taking piano lessons, drum lessons, guitar lessons. Uh, my family was super musical. And I knew from an early age that I wanted to be in music didn't really know what that looked like. Started out doing internship in a recording studio in Dallas. And that's interesting. I didn't know that. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, how did you do the internship at a studio? Did you just like reach out or? Man, yeah. So I just happened to hear about it. Uh, it was called Soundtown Digital Recording Studios because back then, yeah. not like Pro Tools. Gosh, I sound so old. <laughs> Pro Tools barely <laughs> existed. It was like Pro Tools for still digi design and yeah i had heard about uh this guy named david parker 
and he had a studio there and was responsible for like the early Tomlin stuff, Billy and Cindy Foot back in the day, the early Passion Records, Shane and Shane. Yeah, wow. Uh, the Psalms Records. And I was like, well, that sounds fun. Maybe I should figure that out. And so I just shot off an email to the studio website, um, not really knowing anything about it, but just knowing like that sounded fun. Yeah. And um, had my first little interview and then... I was responsible for backing up the studio drives and like cleaning up the gear at the end of the day and organizing the mic closet and wow. all that stuff. So yeah, that was when I was like 13, 14, 15, oh goodness, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Really young. Um, and then David, the guy that owned the studio really felt like the Lord was telling him to go into full-time ministry. He had been doing part-time worship leading at the church. That's how I, I had met David. He was like, hey, I'm shutting down the studio, but I feel like we work really well together, and I would love to have you come do this with me. And so I followed him into doing that, and that led me into working for that church for 10 years. Wow. As a, I would say, worship pastor, but... For any of you that work in church, I'm I'm looking at the microphone like it's my audience, but for any of you that have done that, you know, church work encompasses a lot. So yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of had thought that the church world was going to be my lane. We were still making records and and all that, but it was like it felt like the Lord was kind of leading me into that path where it was going to be worship leading and leading teams of volunteers and. And I kind of had thought that maybe the recording thing was done. And not like in a, not like I had lost something, but it just felt like the Lord had shifted focus for me, which was awesome. Um, and then in 2018, 2017, I had a dream where he was like, you're not done yet. And uh, he, was, he was saying to me, you've been pastoring people that if God calls in faith, you just need to go. And now it's your turn. And I was like, are you sure you have the right guy? (laughs) Um, But he was basically, the dreams that I had was that I was quitting my church job and moving to Nashville. And at the time I was 28, I had a two-year-old and a one-year-old, an amazing job with salary and benefits and all that stuff. And so it was like, it was like a big move to sell my house, quit my job, and move to a brand new city where I knew nobody mm-hmm. and pursue a music career, um, but not really knowing what all that entails. Yeah. But what I did have was the benefit of working in a church and singing songs that had come out of the town that I was moving to. Um, so anyway, all that to say moved to Nashville in 2018 on January 1st because it's <laughs> a good a why good not start point. <laughs> yeah um so from there what's interesting is I did an internship at another studio uh that was with Seth Mosley Full Circle Music yeah and at the time Seth was at the top of the game with Francesca Battistelli and for King and Country and Skillet and the list goes on and on and what was great about that is uh, I had a lot of knowledge. I had gone to school at Dallas Baptist University for music business, and I had been working in Pro Tools and producing and writing. Um, and and when you're away from the business, you think, I could do that. Mm-hmm. 
but then being around the number one producer writer in the business at that time, you realize I've got a lot to learn. Yeah, there's certainly an endless <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, rabbit trail there. So it was like, got my wings clipped a little bit in a good way. Uh, because for me, it was like, well, shoot, God told me to come here. And if I want to be at this level, then I got to, I got to like work really hard and level up. Um, and the awesome thing about Seth is he was so generous and really helped me kind of hone a path through the music industry. And (laughs) I realized really quickly that producing just to produce is kind of a bad way to try to make a living um, unless you're able to get points on the master. But really what matters at the end of the day about the music industry is it's all about the song. Mm -hmm. And uh, what better way to be, make sure that the songs are quality than to write them. (laughs) So uh, Seth really encouraged me to press into uh, writing and to get better at that. And right about that time, a little thing came along that we all refer to as COVID. <laughs> as we refer to, yes. <laughs> and uh, all of my production stuff went away. I had nothing. And it was like, well, I guess I can just start writing for real mm-hmm. and really dig in. Um, I had been writing loosely, uh, but Jason Ingram is famous for saying, your calendar will tell me if you're a songwriter or not. And so I just dove in with both feet and were trying to book co-writes as much as I could. And what was important for me was having artists because I'm not an artist. I don't really care about being the front man of anything, but what I want to do is support people in making the music that tells their story. And so, yeah, just started um, using the network and the connections that I had to book as many rights as I possibly could. And the great thing about that is, as with anything, the more you do it, the better you get. I started becoming a part of groups that were getting better songs and through other relationships had an outlet to show those songs to people. And that's kind of like the way the essential relationship opened up. And Yeah. So I think maybe some people uh, need a little even clarity on what publishing deals actually mean. I mentioned in the intro that you had like Mm. a publishing deal with essential, but like as you're starting to write and as you're being a part of these groups, um, you know, maybe even from the basics of like, what is a publishing deal? And, uh, as you've started on that, that journey, as we're talking, like what, what stood out to you about publishing deals that made you like, get one and Hmm. yeah, maybe just even from that, that basic standpoint. Um, so I'll tie this back to my story and thank you for graciously letting me go through that. I think it's important, um, to hear like it wasn't an overnight thing. Yeah. But part of what I believed the calling was, was to make songs for the capital C global church. Mm -hmm. And, I think that's what a publishing deal is really good for is if you want to make commercial, broad, general audience songs. If you're into really niche stuff, there's obviously a market for that. Thanks to streaming, Mm -hmm. you can make music and, and get it out there and there's, you can find an audience. But if you want to be at what I'm going to quote unquote call the a level 
where you're reaching huge swaths of the population or in this case the genre i think that's where a publishing deal can really come in handy um, because what a publishing deal is not is it's not niche you mm-hmm. know they're trying to make big amounts of money because that's what the industry is about I'm so excited here in season two that we're able to feature some ads from my friends and their businesses. So check them out. And if you want to run an ad in the future, email me at hillcityrecording at gmail.com and we'll set that up. Before we jump into the ads, I would love to shout out a couple things I've got going on. One is a playlist submission form. So if you're looking to submit your song to a playlist, check out jessedeanrivero.com slash playlist dash submissions. And I've got a form there you can fill out and I'll consider it for one of my playlists. Also, I just released a Patreon for Hill City Recording. So if you care about the writing, recording, and releasing of good Christian music, that is a good spot to check out to help support it. So uh, that is patreon.com slash hillcityrecording. Check it out. Hey, everybody. This is Dave Gill from Musicville. We are a brand new music store and lesson studio here in Franklin, Tennessee. Uh, We offer top-level lesson programs for all kinds of instruments, guitar, piano, voice, drums, bass, and violin, as well as musical instruments and accessories for both beginners and pros. We carry amazing brands like Duesenberg Guitars, Franklin Drums, Vox Amps, String Joy, and our goal really is to be a one-stop shop for all your musical needs here in Williams. County. And for all Hill City recording subscribers, we are offering two free music lessons. Just use the promo code Hill City at our website or call 615-614-3411 to register. For more information, check us out at musicville.com. Hey everyone, this is Ashley Dasher of Dasher Watch Company. My wife and I, Tabitha, recently launched our brand and we have our first watch out that was designed right here in Nashville, Tennessee called the Linden Chronograph. Wanted to let you know that you can check it out at dasherwatchco.com and you can follow us on Instagram at dasherwatchco. And if you have any questions, shoot us an email. We're so excited to bring a heritage inspired watch back into the market and you wind this thing up. You go, you live your life. So we hope that you'll check it out. It was a blast to be on one of the episodes this season. I hope you're able to check that out as well. Send us any questions if you have any, and we'll see you out there. Hey everyone, what's up? My name is David Andrea, founder of the Nashville Worship Nights. We are a gathering of many different churches from all areas around Nashville with a vision to unite our city and to have a global impact. We do this by focusing on the power of biblical gospel-centered truth, worship, and community. As we gather to connect the church, our ultimate vision is to love God and love people, unite the church, and point people to Jesus. We meet monthly to worship, grow community, and seek the kingdom of God together. To extend our gatherings, we meet in city hangout groups all around the city to disciple and build friendships. Our hope is that as the gospel is shared, its power will shape you and lead you as you encounter the living God. For more information, check out our website, NashvilleWorshipNights.com or just our Instagram page at Nashville Worship Nights. We can't wait to see you at a future gathering. 
coming to this town, I didn't know what a publishing deal was. Mm. And so to hear so many people say, oh, getting a publishing deal would be a good thing. I wasn't even sure what that meant. Like, I was like, cool. (laughs) What is publishing? You know? Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think that's a great uh, way to to phrase it. You know, if you're, if you're looking to, to do the encompassing thing where it's more about making the money with the song, a publishing deal is really helpful. Uh, versus, you know, like uh, a lot of people are just trying to equip their church with languaging, which yeah. is great. So you've ri- you write a song for your church. It doesn't mean it can't reach more people, right? But that's not the goal. Versus the goal actually being, we need to write something that yeah, know, everybody is. I will take one step back. Hopefully, I didn't say this, but. What I don't mean is all I care about is making money with songs. That's just like <laughs> yeah, no. a fringe benefit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, what what my goal and what the people in my circle's goal is to equip the global church with songs. And I think you said it really well. That that isn't that doesn't have to be the goal for everybody. Mm-hmm. It sounds epic in a way, um, but there's no way that I could write a song that speaks directly to the situation of church number one in Houston or whatever. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Totally. No, that's, that's great stuff. I feel like there are different goals and maybe this is where, uh, some of that definition as you're listening, um, could happen personally where you're saying, if you want to get more into songwriting, yeah. What are some of the goals that you have in songwriting? Is it just to write more songs? Is it to write, songs for specific artists is you know what is that what does that look like and i feel like uh colton you were saying as you're you're writing more even wrapping around and being the support for artists was kind of like a direction you started heading yeah instead of trying to be an artist right uh, which is a totally different thing um you know so it, it might be good to to define some of those things as you're listening like what might be a goal with songwriting if, if you're interested in that and um maybe even with all these things in the different parts of the industry, like producing, like you were saying, Mm -hmm. uh, that's also something that you do. And, uh, wasn't necessarily like a focus of like the questions I had as I was, you know, we could talk for hours about all the different things that you do and, and uh, are a part of, but, um, yeah, even in producing, mixing, like what, what are those things that you are wanting to accomplish? And then defining that lane a little, a little more clearly would be great. Mm. Um, yeah, I was kind of as I was like looking through these, uh, looking through these questions and uh, preparing for this interview and stuff. I was thinking back to when we were on a tour with some friends uh, at a camp at a you know one of those summer camps and yeah. just having conversations about like everything is wide open. Like, yeah. how do you begin? Like, what are the the steps? Like, what's what's you know what what are you gonna do next? Like, you're here, you're doing it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I I would love to hear from your perspective sitting in this room now Mm. versus where we were at, at that summer camp, probably really sweaty and just (laughs) exhausted with no sleep. Um, that wasn't the one where I nearly got attacked by a bear. Was it? No, (laughs) that was a different time, uh, which was also a fantastic time. I'm glad you're safe. Um, but no, this was a, a different, different camp. Uh, if you had a chance to talk to yourself uh, back then, and as you're asking these questions at this camp several years ago, hmm. like what advice would you give yourself in making the next steps? Man, I I feel like 
in some ways I'm still working through that. Yeah. Because uh, doing this is kind of like jumping out of the airplane and assembling a parachute on the way down. Hmm. And I think what I would have told myself, uh, let's see, what is it? It's 2023. So seven, almost eight years ago, what I would have told myself when I was driving the moving truck from Dallas to Nashville was, uh, it's actually not on you. And I know that sounds weird because it's not musical, but I think realizing that uh, my provision doesn't actually come from me, my provision comes from God, that is actually the first thing. Mm -hmm. So whether I'm songwriting or you know, making car parts at a factory, like whatever it is, it's actually about God first. Um, he says, seek ye first the kingdom. There's our King James language. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that in. Yes. Um, and all these things will be added. And, and in some ways it sounds prosperity, but, but really what God is saying is I'm the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the also benefit of that is in a creative culture, it can feel like, uh, why did that person get those opportunities mm. and not me? Or why am I not getting this and not that? And the reality is in God's economy, there's enough work to go around for everybody. Yeah. And there's never going to be enough songs to talk about how amazing God is mm-hmm. and what he's done for us. And the salvation that he offers, like there's just not going to be enough. So why would I limit my mind on what I can create or what's already been created? Um, so yeah, looking back is like, uh, I had a lot of anxiety about like, how do I get started? You kind of mentioned that before. Yeah. And I think I'm going to attribute this to you, but I I think one of the things that I learned and I'm going to say that you helped me understand is like, just start and Nike. Yeah. Just do it. (laughs) Um, but it's actually so much more important than I think I would have even realized back then is like, just, just having the courage to do something Mm -hmm. is what's really important. So like, I'm thinking right now, even about somebody who's like, how do I write songs in my church? Like you just write songs in your church. Mm. Yeah. Well, how do I build a songwriting culture? You build a songwriting culture. And I think it can kind of, it's it can sound kind of cheeky in a way, but it's not it's not. Yeah. Like literally if you want to have a songwriting culture, then make that a priority. Schedule rights, even if it's just once a month. Yeah. Where it's like we're getting our people together and we're writing, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get a, a group of twelve people and we'll have four groups of three. And by the end of that day, we'll hopefully have four songs. Mm-hmm. Well, that's four more songs than you had. And it's kind of the snowball method, you know? It doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. Like, I think that's where a lot of people get stuck is like, I want to write a song for my church, but it has to be like the perfect song. And I'm not done with this song yet. It's like, if you have that mentality where things become less precious to you, and yeah. the best song is the next song. Yeah. It's like things start start happening where you're like, okay, I can test this out. Oh, people didn't like it. So let's move on versus yeah. five years later, holding on to this chorus where you're just like, 
this was so personal to me if no one likes it you know like yeah. i'm ruined as a songwriter it's like yeah that happens a lot like people don't like what you write down because they don't resonate with it right and that's how you get better at writing yeah for you know the masses that's still a, a personal song to you and that's not a yeah. waste of time that was for you yeah but as your audience grows of who your song is for yeah just do it <laughs> like just yeah. go out and write just produce a demo send it to somebody they yep. might be like man, those guitars are really loud. And you're like, oh, yeah, you're right. Maybe I can, Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's yeah, just the snowball method of yep. start the snowball down the hill and momentum will take over at some yep. point. And uh, the beautiful thing about being a worship leader at church is you have a built-in audience. True, yeah. You know, you don't have to go book shows to play your songs to find out if they're going to resonate with people. You Which can is a nerve-wracking thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hope you guys like this one. Just wrote it. Oh, you don't like it? Okay. Well, I'm still here in front of yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's good and bad, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think some something that I didn't understand coming here, uh, coming here being Nashville, is the sheer number of songs that are written. Yeah. Like, to get the hit you know, the quote unquote hit, it might've taken that writer or group of writers, 25, 50, a hundred songs mm-hmm. to get to that one song that went beyond the walls of the studio, you know, or whatever it was. And once I realized that it kind of took the pressure off of like every song having to be a number one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And I feel like it's, it's almost like freeing in a way to realize, like you were saying, like if God is the provision in the moment, you can just be faithful to write down the words he's given you. Yeah. And that can be your act of faithfulness. Yeah. And the outcome is left to God. He'll provide whatever he wants to with that song. Yeah. And uh, obviously there are things, you know, like marketing and stuff that we'll probably go into more in later episodes of the season of the podcast. But it's like beyond that song, right? Being faithful to just, write what God is telling you yeah. leave the outcome to him in that room. Like if you have that in your mind of always just like, this has to be number one. Yeah. It's like, well, that's a, <laughs> that's a very difficult place. Yeah. There's so many moving parts and people yeah. that have to be involved. And yeah. Um, it's very rarely just like a, people just love and resonate with the song without any sort of other attempt to get it in front of more people and right. money involved to try to, you know, advertise and market anyway. So yeah. that's a rabbit trail, but just being faithful to write what God has given you in that day and letting it be that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a, it's a hard thing that I feel like I'm still trying to implement like when I'm writing songs, cause I'm so goal oriented in like my day to day that I'm just like, yeah, what checklist does this hit if I'm writing this song? Mm-hmm. Um, but just, yeah, it's, no song is wasted. God hears every part of the process from the beginning to yeah. to the end of it. And even beyond what we can even imagine, you know, it'd be so yeah. cool if some of these songs that you're writing right now are sung like a hundred years from now, you know oh, what I mean? Like, yeah, what, what a cool thing, but it's like, you can't plan. <laughs> no, that. you can't. And, uh, you know, who knows, maybe one day with digital music, a lot of this stuff will be, uh, kept, kept in the cloud so people can be streaming and listening for decades to come and yeah um but yeah are you excited about anything on the horizon are you um oh yeah yeah um there's a new artist on provident named chris ekis and 
I've been fortunate to have a couple of songs that seem like they could have a little bit of that global impact. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be coming out hopefully a little bit early 2024 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so from a career standpoint, I'm pretty excited about that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just, you know, I, I'm just excited that I can still provide for my family and I get to make music. Like, yeah, I know it sounds dumb maybe, but like, it's just, it's a privilege. I mean, I'm sitting here talking to you about music right now. Yeah. You know, it's wild that we get to do this, but yeah. So I would say, Chris, I'm excited about, um, there's a church that I work with, which I know we've talked about this before, but, uh, named seven Hills. And I've just, I've been able to work with them from when they basically had no audience to right now. It just seems like they're kind of, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just seems like their influence is growing. Yeah. Um, when we started working together, they had less than 5,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. And I think they're on track to hit around 300,000 wow. this year. They just, they just had a video go viral on Instagram and they went from like 20,000 followers to 50,000. And wow, that's great momentum. Yeah. It, it's wild. Um, but it's been a lot of hard work from me and from them. And I think they put out like 23 songs last year. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. It was a lot. Yeah, um, <laughs> 23 songs. Yeah, it, that might be a little high. And Caleb, if you're listening to this, then you can correct me in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> Comment below and while yeah, you're rate yeah. five stars and subscribe. Yeah, um, and smash that like button. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, well, I know you're also excited about Christmas. We were talking a little bit about Christmas. Ooh, yes, I am. Beforehand, so got a little bit, bit of that uh, gingerbread feeling starting mm, to brew. So. Yeah. Well, Colton, thank you for uh, joining me on the Hill City Recording Podcast. It's a pleasure to talk to you on a microphone and off of a microphone. So yeah, thank you for taking the time. Yeah, man. I would love to come back. I feel like we just got started, warmed up on yeah. this bad boy. We'll uh, we'll come <laughs> back for part two sometime. Yeah, so. sounds good. So we have much more to talk about. Uh, but thank you for listening. We'll uh, catch you next time. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of the Hill City Recording Podcast. It would mean a ton if you just took a second to leave a review or a comment wherever you're listening to this podcast. Also, if you care about the writing, recording, and releasing of good Christian music, I've got a place for you to support it. Go to patreon.com slash hillcityrecording, and there are multiple tiers of membership you can get into with different rewards for each tier. But again, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time.